You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, this has been a uh, a hectic week. You know, I don't know when this is going to air here, but we do know. It. We <laughs> oh know. yeah, this is going to air. We do know when we this is going to air. Yeah, and this is actually airing right after I d- I have done my live podcast. So I can't wait to be talking about that. But I'm going to live in the moment, mm-hmm. and I'm going to uh, enjoy just being there with people and just laughing and, and talking to Zach. And uh, I mean, people say, are you really nervous about it? I was so nervous when I did mine. I mean, sure, there are nerves, but it's more nerves about making sure everything is right. The sound, the you know things that I can't control are the things you usually worry about. I know I can control you know, talking to the audience, having some laughs, some questions to Zach, improvising, but you can't control everything and you have to just sort of delegate. Is that the right word? Yeah. Delegate those sort of uh, things to the people who know what they're doing and and hope that it goes smoothly. I hope, you know, I and mean, what's the worst case scenario? People, worst case scenario is like they go, yeah, it was really lame. And then they move on to the next thing. I hope that's not the case. I go, yeah, you know, that was pretty fun. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, people, a, it's a podcast. People will not hold as harsh grudges as you think. Really? That that I think that's a life lesson. Yeah, I think you're right. On on the, yeah. More, yeah, more often than not. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I hope all is well with you guys. We have a great podcast today. Uh, Candace King is here, and she's a freaking delight. Um you know, we went out a few times years ago. We talked about that, which I didn't think we would. Um, but she's so open and she has a podcast and uh, I did it. It's amazing. We'll talk all about that stuff. And uh, we talk about Vampire Diaries and we talk about a little bit about everything. Uh, real quick before you listen, if you like the show, if you say, hey, you know what? This guy doesn't suck. I'd like to listen more in interviews. We have so many interviews that you could uh, go down the uh, rabbit hole with. The uh, handles, give them the handles. They could follow us. Oh, God. At Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's correct. You can watch on YouTube and uh, write a review, which really helps. And uh, subscribe. Subscribe. It means a lot. You would also go to the Inside of You online store and get tons of merch, Smallville stuff, signed by me, Lexmas scripts and uh, ship keys. And on the TalkvillePodcast.com, if you're a Smallville fan, we have um, this artist made pictures of me and Tom from the show. And we only did 55 prints. And so those are on sale. Get them because there's only 55 and then they're gone. So um, those are on the Talkville podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm on the cameo and uh, a lot of other stuff. Also, go to my uh, Instagram handle at the Michael Rosenbaum. Um, in the bio is the link tree. And that has all the cons that Tom and I will be at. And um, we're doing Smallville nights and a bunch of other stuff. So make sure you hit that and find out where we are and come hug us. I like to see the patrons. I like to see you. So there you go. Patreon.com slash inside of you. If you want to join and support the podcast, which I couldn't do this podcast without you. Couldn't do this podcast without Ryan. Ryan's here. I'm here. Um, yeah. Exciting stuff. Are you, uh, you you're doing all right? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Why, why, I'm why doing okay? okay? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, man. Just uh, stress, uh, stressed out stressed out by by things in life and trying to cope with it and trying not to <laughs> peel, my, out. peel my skin off and hide in a hole well what can you do that's what we have to say is like what can i do about 
the stress that I'm feeling. If if it's if you can't do anything about it right now, then you got to shelve it. You you were talking about that today. That's shelving things. Shelving thing. If you can't control it and you can't change it, mm-hmm. shelve it. it. It serves no purpose. You're thinking about something that you can't change. Mm-hmm. So you just like right now. I could sit here and go, oh my gosh, the pocket, the live podcast. You know, what if there's no uh, t-shirt gun? But it did go what? well <laughs> because we're in the future. We're in the future, so it did go well. It did, it did go well, Ryan. That's for sure. Thanks. Um, anyway, enjoy the podcast. Uh, let me know what you think. I really appreciate you guys. And um, let's get inside of Candace King. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> How are you? You look the same as when I met Hi. you, I don't know, 15 years ago or... God, I, yeah, it would have been that. Um, yeah, it would have been around 15 years ago. Um, thank you. I, I guess. Um, yeah. How do you look so good? Yeah. Is that Evian skin products? Evian? <laughs> what is that? Um, I'm obsessed with skincare. I really am. Um, I I actually, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole, but I, I've only gotten Botox like two times, maybe three times in my entire life. What? And two of the times it's gone completely wrong. Like I'm jinxed. Like God test me for my vanity and I just don't need a tester anymore. So I... Uh, I really just stick to the skin creams and uh, and filters. You know, you gotta love a filter. I, I love you, a filter. Are you using a filter right now? Probably, and but I wouldn't even know how to take it off. I don't know if there is one actually. We gotta, we, Ryan. But I I, I did set up a thing. nice light. I am in my in my um, new living room to be you know officially a living room eventually. So I strategically picked the colors on the wall. This is all. This is all on purpose. I like it. I like it. Who's watching yes. the kids right now? They're at school. Ooh. I know. I have a seven-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. And, a year old. and uh, so my two-and-a-half-year-old is actually in preschool now. So I'm like, actually, I know. But I, they're at school right now. I'm trying to relieve some of my mommy guilt. But I feel like it's it's for them. But I'm going to see them later tonight because right when I get off the this call with you, I'm going to head over. It's a very big week. It's been a big two weeks here in Nashville. There's been special sessions having to do with, you know, gun safety laws uh, and uh, just common sense gun laws here. So, you know, I'm going to go meet some gal pals over at the Capitol and just see what's up. Really? Just going house. after it. Going after it. Just going after Why not? They call it the people's house because you can just go there. And watch what's happening. It's pretty cool. Like, I, like I love it. Bravo television, but now I'm like, hey, this is very entertaining. <laughs> like, anyone who's in a Bravo should just go to the Capitol building and see what's going on. You will be just as entertained. I promise you. I like this. I like this. You know, I'm just going to I'm just gonna say it. I read something. It says, women that Michael Rosenbaum has dated. And <laughs> I don't know why, because I'm very secretive and whatever. But you and I went on one date 15 years ago. And I think it was more it, than one date, first of all. Well, I'd like to say that. But like, you're the one who didn't call me back. So I was like, you know, I, even when I was like, hey, I'd love to interview you. I was like, it was, it was, no, I'm not. But yeah, I was like, you know, I. Yeah, I, I I thought it was a great date. But, uh, you know, obviously it didn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, it takes two to tango. But uh, you know, it says that and I'm like, well, we only okay. We went on a few dates, but we went to an event, and I think people saw us at an event, and so they assumed okay. we were dating. Like, you know, oh, they're serious if they're at an event together. But we were both kind of 
CWWB, you know, a network without three letters. And uh, so I think that's kind of, you know, what happened. And that's why it always says, Candace. How do you say your last name? Your your old last well, name. Well, my my maiden last name maiden. Uh, is Akala, and then my I, even though I'm divorced, I'm keeping my um, married last name as King. So Candace it's King. Candace King. Yeah, it sounds better than Candace Akala or Candace. I know, King. I know. My dad, my dad. I, I'm like, I'm sorry, Dad. It wasn't even you know my um, my ex and I when the discussion of like. You could ask, like, are you keeping your name or not? And I just was like, dude, it's an upgrade. Like, it's a great last name. And we had a nice chuckle. Uh, so yeah, it's a good, it's a good solid name. And and I and yes, my children bear the same name. And so I should be using it for that instead of vanity. But you know, um, yeah. but Candace King just has a nice ring to it. But yeah. I'm curious, what what article, what article said that? I don't where did know. you was I it looked... was it written by Schmeichel? No, I mean, if you look up Michael Rosenbaum dating pass, it's got people on there that I don't even know. Like there's women on there that I've never met. What am I Seinfeld now? What is what's going on? Akala King Rosenbaum. No, I don't know. But it was like and I and I, I saw your and I was like, I wish I had dated her. <laughs> we went. I think we went on like three dates. Okay. Cause I remember, cause you, you, I remember in particular that you were a very good date planner and you've actually, and like my list of like top dates, like date experiences, yours is on there. What? Yes. And I'd be very embarrassed if you're like, I didn't take you on that. No, I remember. I remember. I liked you. I uh, thought you were adorable. But well, like there, you was, were... there was, uh, there was, we went putt-putt golfing, I yep. think one for one of them. I think that was my last and time then, doing it. And then my other, but the one that like really sticks out is it was my first time ever experiencing the Hollywood Bowl. And you took me to go see Carol King and James Taylor. And I got and you like, a shirt. And you what? I got you a shirt. You got me a shirt? Yep. You don't remember that. Uh -huh. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> see, I mean, Carol King. But I know. And, and it was such a great concert to the point where like James Taylor cried. When he sang Fire and Rain, Carol King was like jumping up with the backup singers singing with them while James Taylor was. I mean, it was just it could not have been like a better like it was awesome. OK, it was like one so of the it was one of the best dates you could ever recall in your life. And then that was it. Now, my my thought was and Ryan here, who you can't see, my engineer is probably thinking he said something like, well, maybe she met this rock star right <laughs> after or right during. And then she was like, oh, rock star, Rosenbaum. I'm going to go rock star. No, no, it wasn't right after. All right. It just didn't feel right. Whatever the reason <laughs> was. But I, I wanted to bring it up. To Is this you why know. you wanted to bring me on here? Just no. to like get closure. Have you been holding on to this? Is there like a voodoo doll of me in, yeah, in your is. basement? There's, no, I, I, I have nothing bad to say about you. I was like, she's a sweet, talented, awesome Lady, lady, lady sounds. I was kinda, a girl. Yeah, just was, a girl. I was a young lady. No, but I think. Look, I think. Um, we don't I need think, to talk about. It. I just want to. No, it's bring okay. It up. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. No, I. <laughs> You're an open book. I, I, I like that. I am an open book. Um, no, I. I feel like looking back because I knew we were going to probably talk about this, and I you thought did. about it, and I knew that we were just in different places. Like, yeah, you had been in the business for a while you had had like great success and, and like, and at a time when success came with like 
attention and premieres and parties and like, you know, and events that is very different than it is now, you know, now like success is like it's people on social media. It was different then. And you had already experienced this ride uh, like on a network that obviously, you know, you know, because you were on it as well. It's a very like specific experience because it's also like a young audience. And and so and I was at the very beginning. I know. I know. I know. You were just getting going. I was just getting going. And I could tell like things that I was excited about. You were maybe already like, like been there, done that. Maybe like we're over. You know what I mean? Oh, so, so like, you were I was- saying that I wasn't sharing your excitement is what you're saying. <laughs> That's what you're saying. This is, you see this, Ryan? It was thrown back on me. I am always delighted and excited for people's success. But no, look, I get it 100%. I mean, we're in different places. I was in Vancouver. I was going back and forth, I think. It was just, for whatever, it was a moment in time. It was nice. We had a great time. Something we remember, uh, the James Taylor concert. You won't it ever- was, Yeah, and the putt-putt was fantastic. Yeah, I won. I'm sure of that. Probably, probably. Yeah. I don't hold back. Like, if I ever do things like that when I'm on a, if I'm on a date, and I haven't, and I haven't gone on tons of dates i mean i guess i have in my life well i can check the list i mean when i research you yeah, now i gotta check yeah, your list well, of all the just know that some of them dated. aren't real some i think never. we're gonna just go through every single person and be like yes no y'all just give you signs like a yeah. green sign and a red sign well you know what's funny is because now that i know you're an open book and you've got you know the podcast super bloom and mm-hmm. you talk about people's lives and their, um, you because know, we do that too we talk about mental health and we talk about life and journeys and I was like, I shouldn't bring up the divorce thing, right? And the first thing you bring up is the divorce. So, but like you seem so together, I guess it was amicable, right? I mean, look, I think that it is, that that is for anyone who's ever experienced it. um, And what I'll say is just on the receiving end. Like when I realized, like when I found myself in the position of, uh, understanding what the divorce, the word divorce really meant and not just emotionally, but also like the business of it. You know, it's just like it, there's a reason why it's on a list of like some of the most stressful things that also includes like moving job loss, death, and even, you know, as an adult or reading stories or having people who've experienced great loss in their life when they talk about someone that they lose or, you know, the death of like friends of mine that have lost a parent, they'll also then get into like, it's the business of dying that is just so taxing emotionally, which is like canceling out all the credit cards, you know, do like all these like day to day things. The house and the, it's all the things. And so what was interesting is to find myself on the receiving end of a, of a community of friends who had been through that experience and were, who were able to, you know, hold my hand through a lot of that. And I think that that's probably like, it's just, it's no matter what it's a, it's a, it's difficult. And we also like share children together, not just children from our own marriage, but I was very involved with my, uh, you know, in watching my stepchildren grow up. And so it's like, you know, like there, I, I don't, I feel like there is no one word that encapsulates what what divorce is it's um there's many words and it's a process <laughs> I, I look i don't i don't think that there's one word that really encapsulates the entire process 
Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. <laughs> I, I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Yeah, well, I will say this. I think that there's a pressure to that. I mean, the way I look at it, and maybe because I've just... Maybe I'm a little more cynical or maybe I I look at things 
like, hey, most of the time when you go out with someone, whether it's a great date at James Taylor or whatever, you don't, <laughs> it ends. 99% of those dates, they're not the one. And so when you finally found the one, 50% of the time that doesn't work out. So, you know, the chances if you look at odds and you shouldn't when you're in love and you go, hey, this is this is it. I'm living in the moment. I'm this, I'm following my heart. But the pressure of I'm in Hollywood. I don't want to be one of those Hollywood actresses that get divorced and you know, I want this to be forever. I always think if I if I'm going to do it, I want it to be my forever and I don't want to be like a statistic, but it's like you have to know in the back of your head like, hey, you know, this is a long time. You're saying I do to someone for could be the next 50, 60 years of your life. And what are the chances that's going to work out? I know that sounds kind of effed, but you know, did you put pressure on yourself at all going, you know, I don't want to be that? Or did you not think about that stuff? Is this how you talk to girls on dates now? No, <laughs> but statistically, I talk, no, I know. No, I'm no, kidding. but I do, um, but I do talk to my <laughs> girlfriends who are like, they put so much weight on things and I, we all do. It's not just women, men as well, but like, Hey, try to enjoy the moment, try to enjoy the person and see what happens. But, but just know that most things don't work out the way you plan. So don't, don't project, don't look into the future, take everything one day at a time. And I know that's difficult, but anyway. Yeah, no, it's definitely difficult. I think that there's also, you know, look, this is complete, this, this part is completely separate from me, but just you bringing up friends and like, and just the general experience, I think that there's also two biological elements to this, you know, there's also like, don't put pressure, don't think in the future, but anyone, but if you are someone who is born with a uterus and who wants to carry or have a child or, you know, there is, mm -hmm. there is, it's impossible. And this is for someone that wants children. I know that there are plenty of uterus owning people in the world who maybe not, <laughs> Uter do not want did you children. Say uterus owning? Yeah. Uterus you know, owning. if you have it. If you have a uterus and you want to have a baby right. um, and I think that there are some, but if you do want to have a child, um, there is something to think about in the future. Like if, yes. if you have the ability and that's something that you want, then there is, there is like obviously looking into the future. And again, that's completely separate from my circumstance, but I just like, I understand why, you know, you might have conversations with friends of yours who are women that are thinking like that. Right. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that like, it, there's also so many different things that come down to it. I think it, it changes. Like if you do think of it and consider it in like a present minded mode, you know, you start thinking about like, if you, and if you do have children, like it affects other people as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also just the reality of relationships, you know, the ebbs and flows of, any relationship, be it like business, familial, and romantic, that uh, there there is not a period of time where you're just getting along all the time. You have to work on it. Yeah. And so I think that that comes into play too in um, any sort of long-term relationship is just, you know, you work on it and and you see what happens. But um, yeah, it's, su it's such a personal thing and it's so specific to... Like, um, there is no like one size fits all at all. Like there mm -hmm. is things that work for friends of mine, even in just like friendships and, and, and relationships where how I interact with some friends is going to be different into how I emotionally interact with other friends because those relationships call for 
you know, different things. Yeah. Um, all right. That's my roundabout answer. Just- I, I, I love it. I think it's very mature <laughs> and it makes me look at things differently. Yes. Uh, being a uterus owning individual, I, <laughs> I understand what you're saying and I, maybe I don't understand what you're saying because why should I, I don't, I'm not uterus owning. <laughs> so, but, um, uterus, you know what I'm saying? I, I, no, you, no, no, no. Someone I'm, who I'm, has a uterus. There are also women in the world who have had who have their uteruses removed at different. You know, it's like yeah, it, there's yeah. so many. If we could go into that conversation, ten million different ways. I'm just saying, if you are someone and you have like, and you decide that you physically are able to carry a child because you and that you want to do that, right. like you're gonna project and think in the future of a timeline, and um, and of course, then the, and then that gets into a whole route where if you don't have those organs, there's a million ways that people can make families and create babies. And so, yeah, but that's what I mean when okay. I say that. Well, it's very articulate. You are, you, you said it great. You said it well, not great. I wasn't very good in English. <laughs> um, you know, I see your Instagram and it just looks like you have so much fun. Like you're at the Taylor Swift <laughs> concert, you know, you're wearing your little outfits and you're with your friends and you're taking <laughs> pictures and you're just enjoying life. Are you, do you feel like that you're trying to do that even more now um, to just sort of, I mean, has, have things changed? You went through this lull probably with the divorce and all these things you had to do, but are you trying to just go, hey, I need to get out there. I need to have fun. I need to enjoy life. Is that kind of the mentality? Oh my, no, I'm so, I feel very grateful. I've always been having that much fun. Like it does. And also I have tons of days where I'm not having fun. You know, and I'm very stressed and anxious. And and I came home last night from just like a wonderful trip and I'm I'm missing my babies and and I can slather on the mom guilt and just wear it like a heavy backpack and look around a house I just moved into that, you know, I finally just got rid of the smell one place, but then this is broken and then that's broken. And there's a like I can, you know, but I can look at the world that way and only look at the things that can be very frustrating. I also think that I can also see really wonderful, beautiful things. So, and, and there's also something to be said that Instagram and social media is just the highlight reel. We know that this is just a highlight reel. I'm not someone who airs my grievances and that's, and that's just me. And I understand that for some people that that works for them. And I think that that's wonderful. You know why? Um, Because I think that, I think you're right. Nobody wants to see Debbie Downer, everything sucks, life sucks, because we all, life can suck for everyone. And so maybe that's why we get on the Instagram. But however, that being said, like we want to see all the good things. But that's why I think, you know, not to toot my own horn, but like listening to podcasts where people have real conversations or your podcast or other many podcasts out there. But um, I think there's a place for for Instagram. Um, I think it, you know, obviously it's, blown out of proportion and everybody thinks that everyone lives the best life and there's this jealousy thing and I wish I had their life and I I used to think that way and I have friends who are huge successful people way more successful than I am but I don't want their lives at all because everyone has their shit everyone has their shit and but I don't think you want to air that shit on a platform where everybody could see it. It's okay to say, hey, I've been through this, blah, blah, blah. I can relate. 
that but like you know but instagram is that place where you go and you're like oh my gosh that's funny that's funny that's hilarious and you just you know and you just keep clicking for the next great thing but every once in a while you all those happy things then you hit something like something really sad and you're like oh my god that's tragic <laughs> and then you just go oh, another thing and now that's funny and you just it's just this back i don't know what i'm talking about but anyway but, no, I, but I think it's generational too i think like that our generation wants to see the happy things you know we were part of the kind of the the birth of this social media app where people just if you know first it was twitter and just updating like happy quirky funny thoughts and you know that's funny that that's where it started and then now it and then instagram started with just photos and um and it's you know turned into other things i think for gen like a younger generation might see it as an opportunity to feel less alone but then just parallel to that, they could also see it as an opportunity to feel more lonely because they don't see themselves in the videos that are being curated to them and it's making them feel bad. So it is like you have to pick and choose. You have to. It's kind of like like a radio station, like you have to go through the radio like or for, or for the children listening, if there are any. It's kind of like your Spotify playlist. You got to like <laughs> go in and curate your own playlist that's going to make you feel really good. Um because I mean, it gets it can get to the best of us too. I mean, I've definitely gone on social media and and had that feeling of like, oh wow, look at look what's happening. But I've had that FOMO of uh, you know, and in, and in fallen into the comparison pitfalls mm -hmm. of that's the worst. Comparing the worst. is the worst. It is, and and that is also I, I think something that's really like not to say that there isn't anyone who in, in various other industries but i would imagine it's pretty heightened in the film and television uh anyone who's an actor has definitely felt that way yeah. and it's really hard to stay in your own lane you know and like it's like for it's stuck with me but i always think of it um someone like i don't know where i read or saw this but the idea of like you know if you're a swimmer and you're swimming in your lane if you constantly are just looking over at what everyone else is doing and what their time is you're just slowing yourself down hang on though see in my mind i'm like oh fuck i gotta pick it up that guy's beating me i gotta get to that finish line before that dude that's funny no it slows me down <laughs> it shuts down my creativity no, i go well I know, that person's already doing that I so i might as well just yeah, it's like chris hemsworth he's doing more squats on instagram what am i doing Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta start doing, and I'm like, no, you don't, you don't need to look at you. First of all, genetically, you're just not Crims Hensworth, Crims, Crimson Hensworth. You're just not Crimson that guy. Hensworth. By the way, are you, uh, are you friends with Taylor Swift? No. Why? Oh, but you're friends with Miley Cyrus. No. Why? No, what? I worked, I worked for her. Um, I was a backup singer on one of her tours. I know. I find I know that a lot fascinating. Of she's worked with. Yeah. But um, we know a lot of the same people, um, but I haven't run into her in years. But oh, my gosh, she has this beautiful new song. That's out, what my, my sister about, Jess like, is telling me about this new song. And I go, ah, oh, my gosh, I don't know if Miley Cyrus in Chicago and like, you know, the cure and stuff like that. And well, James Taylor. But, you know, I don't I, I don't really listen to Miley Cyrus. But when I listen to her, she's got a great voice and stuff. Should I listen to the song? Yes. No, you should. And you should watch her her video of it it's very beautiful it, it basically just is like which i've had this conversation on repeat with so many of my uh friends in my 30s especially 
like female friends who are looking back on like our late teens and our early 20s with such grace who for these like young versions of ourselves that we may have judged really hard for a long time. Like it it took me a long time to just not feel embarrassed or ashamed at um, so many parts of of who I was when I was in my like late teenage years, especially and my early 20s. I know. And just really kind of... And it's it's been really freeing to now all of a sudden look back at this like young girl and just tell her like you you were doing great like you know don't listen to everyone else and you're like you're just you're figuring it out and it's okay to figure it out and it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to be loud and it's okay to be quiet and it's okay to ask questions um, and so I feel like listening to her song it was just this beautiful you know m- musical kind of part of that conversation that I've had with so many women lately. And and also she's just always had an amazing voice, even when she was 14 and I was lucky enough to uh, be backing her up. Although I noticed like, did you notice all those Instagrams when she's talking and she's like, well, I was like doing it. And then they cut into a frog doing it, like going. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> you know, oh, I haven't, seen, you haven't seen those. It's pretty funny. I mean, she doesn't talk like that, but everybody wants to make fun of everybody. It's I, people make fun of me all the time. It's just the way it is. Hey, did you ever experience like now? Do you did you ever deal with? <laughs> you haven't seen those videos. I'm like so nervous by this conversation. I'm like, I'm an open book. I'm so vulnerable. No, I'm like, no, no. I know this is great. This no, is good. I, I, like fantastic. I said, I'm, yeah, good. I, I hope you're. You, you know, <laughs> you'll enjoy this. And when I come on yours, you could ask me anything. I, I like honestly. I'm. I know I'm, more people listen to yours than mine, though. That's good. So I'm like, oh no. Well, now they're not. Now they're going to listen to yours, <laughs> and they should. Um, if you're talking about real stuff, that's what people want to hear. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The second I started talking about real feelings and not being, you know, trying to be funny and trying to, I just, you know, sort of, I'm just, I I, I never had pictured myself like a, like a celebrity or like, you know, I never always felt like I never belonged. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm talking to people, there is that excitement. There is that, but how do you do that? How do you navigate through that? How do you deal? Like I was going to ask you, how do you deal with, uh, I mean, have you dealt with anxiety or depression and what did you do to get over that? Or what do you do to, to, um, work on that? Um, I, I wouldn't say that I've ever been clinically depressed and, and I think that it's easy you know, I, I'm glad that everyone talks more about the feelings of anxiety and depression and then but also recognizing that there is very clinical versions of those mm-hmm. um, experiences as well. Uh, and so, you know, I, I've, I've been in therapy since I was 18. I've been really? in and out of therapy. What and got I'm, you in a therapy? love therapy. What got you in? I, I had a friend. She was like a, one of my best friends in L.A. when I was a teenager. She was like the first friend that I really made there. And she was in therapy and she was struggling with um, she was struggling with some mental health. And and so uh, I realized that I was feeling overwhelmed and 
I was like, well, she's into it. So maybe I'll try it. And then I got in there and I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. It, it just started connecting all these dots of um, it, it made sense of things that I couldn't understand and took the weight off of um, me just that it was like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me, which I think is also important to yeah. uh, acknowledge when it is you. Um, but then also it, it helped, helped me give grace in situations to try to understand and help and hold people accountable. I think that's another thing it helped me do. Um, is that it helped made me hold myself accountable, but it also gave me permission to hold other people accountable. And as kind of like a type A perfectionist people pleaser, it can be that can be hard for me to do. Don't you want like a therapist? Like my therapy session last week goes, do this. Do it was the first time I've ever heard like <laughs> most therapists go, Well, what do you think about that? Well, what do you want to do about that? And the answer is right there in front of you. I should stop doing that. I should, uh, I shouldn't snack at night as much as I do. That's why I feel like, uh, you know, crappier in the morning. I mean, that's a bad example, but, um, what do you snack on at night? I think that's, well, I just important. bought a movie theater thing of like popcorn maker. I love popcorn <laughs> like nobody. And I make the best popcorn there is like, it's that's dangerous. And I, uh, I love it. I love it, but I always feel the next day I'm just dragging for a couple hours because yeah. it's just like, I guess, all the salt and all the, it's the salt. But I got to stop it. So I'm trying to slow down there. But what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> those, those things that you don't, like, a lot of people think, I don't need therapy. I just, I'm fine. My life's fine. But you could also make your life better and you could understand certain things that you do, you do for a reason. And if you don't like the things that you do, you can change them. And when you were talking about, you know, things that you look back in the past and you shame yourself and you're like, oh, I did this. I'm a bad person. I'm, I regret that. I re it's all these things. And when you start talking about them, you realize like we don't we're not born into this world and we just are all perfect. We're we're all flawed. And that's just a reality. And you are going to do things that, you know, you look back and you go, oh, my God, if anybody knew that they would think I'm just a, not a nice person or if I'm not. But you know, you're it, it, it's all about the uh, it's all about the end game, right? Like if you evolve, that's the mm -hmm. goal is to evolve, to not be that's the win. That's the win. So, you know, if you know, I was a certain way when I was younger, it's it's not who I become today and who I'm becoming. It's um so therapy has taught me a lot about how to you know, love myself, how to light myself to, you know, to look in the mirror and go, Hey dude, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. You do good things. Sometimes you're a dick, right? You didn't need to say that. You didn't need to say the dick part. You just say you love yourself. And you know, do you, do you, do, are you good to yourself? Do you love yourself? I know. Well, that's for, I know you've question. probably talked about it already, but just so I have context, when did you start going to therapy? How oh, old were you? Right after you didn't go out with me again, I think. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Everybody's like, oh, shut up, Rosenbaum. Enough with that. No, honestly, <laughs> I think I went through this breakup where it was my fault and I tried to get her back and it didn't happen. And I just, it was devastating. And I know that I caused it. It was my fault. And so I, one of my friends suggested, he's like, you should talk to someone. I'm like, well, what are they going to, what am I going to do? I went through a break. Oh, poor me. But no, but people go through this. This is what you have to, you need, 
it's nice to talk to someone objectively and just say, hey, I feel this emptiness. I don't want to do anything. I lost my appetite. I I can't stop. I'm obsessive thinking about this. And, you know, and I, I was never, I've never been the guy where I was like ever checking up on someone or show, like not weird shit. It was just in my head. I just felt like shit. Yeah. You carried it. Yeah. I carried it. And uh, it took a while to get rid of that. And just talking to someone for an hour. And I, a lot of times, Ryan here, I got him into therapy, but, you know, we st- we think, oh, I don't want to go. Fine. I don't want to talk. I'm not in the mood. I'm going to cancel this. I'll eat the 100 bucks or whatever the fuck it is. And I'll just, uh, I'm not going to do it today. I don't, I have nothing to talk about. And then all of a sudden, you, you start talking and, uh, all of a sudden, you're like, "Holy shit! I got five minutes left. I still want to get yeah. into this. I want to." Every time, you're you just letting things out kind of clears a little bit of that, you know, a little bit of your yeah. mind. So you know, so I, it was- I, and I'm a natural talker. I can go. I can. I I had to also realize that I can. Like, there's certain th- like I was I would lean on friendships a lot. And so that's where I also had to, you know, check myself in adulthood is really making sure I had a place where I could go that also wasn't like, oh, let me release all this weight that I'm carrying and be like, here, you organize it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you yeah. Marie Kondo it for me, um, you know, where I had to kind of take responsibility and do that. So it didn't affect other friendships and relationships of mine. Um, but the other thing I'll say that I always like to say for anyone that listens and is like, well, I'm never going to go to there. I tried therapy once and it didn't work out for me is like, it's not what that's not one size fits all either. No. You know, it it is you if you go to a therapist and you don't like the way they do therapy, like you should always make a few appointments like, you know, a, lo- a lot of therapists will offer like a potentially a free introduction yeah. You know, or change and, therapist if you don't feel the vibe, just change, change it. therapist. It's not your it's fault okay. if it doesn't work out. It's no, and if they're a good therapist, they should say, like, absolutely, like, let me know if you need any recommendations. Hope you find someone. Anyone who tries to guilt you into staying, like, is usually not a good, not a good sign. No, I had one guy, I left him years ago. I went to him probably a handful of times, and because one of my friends went to him, he's like, he's really good. And it was like the third session, the guy's like eating a Subway sandwich while he's talking to me in the room. <laughs> he's just eating a Subway sandwich. He goes, I'm sorry, I haven't had lunch. Are you okay with that? I'm like, no. Do I have a choice? Do I have a choice? Well, you're hungry. What am I going to say? No. And then it's awkward for the next hour, but you're just, you're, you're picking out on this fucking sandwich. Do you have to put so much mayo on there? It's on your fucking lips. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no one looks professional eating a Subway sandwich. It is. No. 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 Uh, were you blown away by the success of vampire diaries were you like because that was like the first big boom right and i mean were your parents blown away and i wanted to talk about your parents and see if they they wanted you to get in acting and they're like oh you don't you know i don't know if you should do this but they knew you were talented you were always singing you're always doing these things but did you were you surprised by the the enormity of it um i remember i knew that i was a part of something special I had never done a pilot episode of anything. I had wow. tested for pilots. And so I was very green. And um, and I just remember at many group dinners after hours and and everyone who I had admired in the industry for a really long time, who I am lucky enough to consider friends now, 
I just remember them like they had this like look of like Christmas morning on their face. Like there's something special happening. And so I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but I wasn't scared. I just knew that like, this was going to be fun. And, and you did 171 was. episodes. You did two more. You did more episodes than I, I did. eight. Well, I didn't do the full ones, but, but just the success of the, the, you know, of the series itself, um, you know, it, it's really incredible. And I know you, you feel that when you, you do conventions as well. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I feel like there was like what comic cons and conventions used to be back in the day are very different than what they are right now. Um, one, I think just cause more per- people participate in them on mm-hmm. both sides, um, from all walk. It's not just like a niche kind of genre thing. Um, and also, like, I think that this generation of consumers of like entertainment consumers, like they want a piece of like what they're seeing and they want to like, you know, to have the opportunity, like the, the, having the all access on like social media and seeing, you know, there is no like secret version of like, you know, I just read like Evelyn Hugo, or the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And it's a wonderful book. That's on your Instagram. Anyone. I just posted it. Yeah, today. I noticed yes. it today. And I was like, nah, nah. It's so good. I finished it last night. Um, but I like it. But it's really good. Um, but it's all old Hollywood. And Ooh. so, and there is no, my there's no like secret life. There's, you know, people make sure that they have a connection with the viewers. So, but all that to say, um, it's really, it is wild. It, it is wild. I, I wouldn't say I was surprised, um, but I was surprised that I was part of it. When you go to conventions, do you ever have fans that are emotional or talk to you about like how it changed their life or it meant so much to them? Cause I have that, which is pretty freaking um, profound to have someone say, you know, your show saved me. I'm like, come on. I mean, I know the, the song on the show was somebody saved me, but like, how did, how did a, a show like this save you? You know, I, in my mind, I don't say it like, come on, yep. what's wrong with you? But like when they start telling me like this is what my dad and I watched and my dad passed, but I always had these memories. And when I went through a hard time, I'd go back and I'd watch these and whatever it was. And it just like blew me away how something that seems so trivial, um, you know, we get paid to make pretend and and then people coming up to you and saying these things. It, it really had an impact on me and it, it still has an impact. But I'm sure you, you've gotten that. 100 um... percent. And it is a lot of uh, parents and children or some people who've lost um, significant people in their life and that would enjoy a show together. Um, And 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 also, you know, being a part of a of something that was rooted in grief, you know, that, you know, while some I think could argue that it was rooted in love, a lot of it was rooted in grief and loss. So I get that a lot. Um, and and also, I totally get it. You know, like yeah. I, um, I, gosh, what I, I told this, I, I was at the airport this like two years ago. And I, I was, and there was someone walking by. She was a, a flight attendant and she came back with someone else, like one of her coworkers. 
And she just started crying about like this loss that she had experienced in her life. And she had gotten so depressed in a relationship that had ended. And, and she just started to cry and said, you know, she was so alone and she, but she could watch, you know, a show every single night and know that like she could come home to that. And then I start crying because I said, and she's like, I know you probably think I sound crazy. I'm like, no, you're not crazy at all. Um, I have the same thing. Like I have those same feelings and I have shows that I've come home to and that I know if I need to cry or if I need to laugh or I've like bouts of insomnia that I can just like leave my computer on and it plays in the background. And, and so, um, and I've also learned that like, I feel really grateful to have learned like that it's such a waste of time to be cool. Like all the cool people in the world are really like the fans. You know what I mean? Like people who are willing to be <laughs> fanatic about something that they love. Yeah, that's and, cool. And without any shame you know, or like guilt or like, yeah. or like, th- like this is embarrassing. No, it's not. Like it shouldn't be embarrassing to like celebrate something that brings you joy. That should not be embarrassing. Like, and I'm talking about very simple things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but things that are like a, a show or a movie or a universe of or a book or whatever or a book or an, a musical artist, you know, like that's okay. And it makes you feel like you're doing your job. I mean, you know, a lot of times we do, I mean, look, I, I've done a lot of shit, man. I mean, just when I, and I call it shit, like not, not good, you know, product out there. And I've done some great stuff and so, but that's, it's called a job. You're working. It's a job, but event, sometimes like you do something that. Imp- sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you do something that impacts people, and I, I think it's great. Were you? Did you get along with everybody on the set? Was it always just one big happy family, or were there a couple of people you were kind of like, I do not want to work with this guy? It was like, um, I mean, what's funny is I was just uh, I was at the lake with uh, with Julie Pleck and. Um, and in Atlanta and and also Karina McKenzie and they're incredible writers. Julie is writer showrunner and Karina as well has gone on to also, she was a writer on, um, I always forget like what the, cause we're still on strike. So I'm trying to be respectful oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. not like mentioning exact things, yeah, but, can't talk about but people things. who I've worked with. And right. so, um, but we were just talking about like, and then, and then someone else who was a, who was one of our ADs, um, assistant directors for many, many years, uh, was there as well. And one of our camera operators, we were just having like a little like catch up and it was just so we were just laughing at how often it would be like midnight, uh, you know, on a Friday and we'd all be like, all right, well, where are we going? Like we don't like want to keep hanging out together. See that we always hung out together. We're still hanging out together. Even the guys and girls are just the girls. No, no, these are these like guys and girls like I I, especially the conventions are really really helpful as far as um, as far as like on other actors like I mean me and like a whole group of the guys just like we're literally we'd be like all right I'll see you in a couple weeks in you know this city and Berlin or whatever wherever we were last year in Liverpool and we like I plan all the dinners because, you know, someone's got to be the planner and the mom of the group. Yeah. And I'm too much of a type A personality to just go to any restaurant that isn't that great. So I would rather make the reservations like oh, months boy. ahead of time. You um, know, it's funny because yeah. the last thing I wanted to do on Smallville was hang out with anybody in the cast. 
or, or it's crew. All, all we did. No, like it <laughs> Which wasn't is so we, funny. I know I've heard this from other. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't like we didn't like each other. But when you're working 12, 15 hours a day, a lot of us were uh, mostly Tom. Tom was very honest. I don't want to see you. I have two days off. I don't want to see you. I'm like, I totally get it. Seinfeld again. But you know, that's, but I, but like now it seems like after years have passed, we had a real respect for each other. And now when we go to cons, Tom and I have become really close friends. We have the other podcast Talkville and Kristen and I, who is Lana, she, she and I are really cool and we love seeing each other. We love spending time together now. It's like it, it, we, now that we've grown up a little bit, well, they have, Mm -hmm. but you know, so, but it's nice (laughs) because you, you hear a lot of horror stories. So and there's a lot of yeah. youth going on in your show. So I figured there was a lot of like cool and angst and this and that. And look, we it's with any, I mean, high school's four years. This mm. was eight. Like, you know, like eight years. I wasn't popular though in high school. I wasn't either. You weren't? I left high school. You, what do you mean you I left, left high school? I left halfway through my junior year and graduated through correspondence. Really? Yeah. Why? Why did you do that? Did you do it because you because you're acting and your music? To become an international pop star. <laughs> how did your parents feel about? Glasses. How did your How did your parents <laughs> feel about that? Um, uh, they were great. They were incredibly supportive. Actually, my dad's a cardiovascular surgeon, Jesus. and my mom um uh, worked for a very long time as an environmental engineer. Um, and so for them to both succeed in their fields they uh they to them that was like their version of becoming international pop stars so uh, they also they always supported me as i i mean i did vocal lessons i started a girl group i like got a band together i'd like you know i i was always instigating everything and then um I had gotten a development deal in LA which was a thing that they used to do mm-hmm. where it basically kind of like sponsor an artist and and, you know, pay for their sessions with other writers and producers, or I don't even know if they were paying at that point, if all these people who were writing with me or were just showing up because you just hope something comes from it. But they basically, um, and then I was able to make a demo and it was shopped. And this was, uh, so I left halfway through my junior year to, with a development deal. And then within six months, I had a record deal and a publishing deal. So my parents let me stay. That's just insane. It's do you, so silly. Do you I love look back music? and I'm like, that's insane. Do you that love music insane. more than acting? Do you, would you rather be a, like if somebody said, would you rather be a rock star or an actor? I'd say rock star. I'd rather be a rock star. If I had, <laughs> you know, and I have a band and we play and we do, we don't try to be rock stars. We're just, I write all the music and uh, Rob and I just work well together and we love to play virtual live and we played some out and we have two albums and we just enjoy it and love it. And there's a passion and do you still have that passion for music? I know now you're a mom, you, you're a mom and you've got all this stuff going on. Do you still like, cause you, you, you've had albums, you've had success. I mean, a lot of success, but do you want to continue? Musically. Do you want to continue music? Do you want to still kind of keep writing and playing? No, I haven't written in a very long time. Why? Um, because I, I, I have a very complicated relationship with like music when it involves me. I love music. I am staring at my record player and my handful of records that are like that I've kept away from my moving boxes. And I'm so excited to get that back going. I bought a piano just so I could hear the sound of my children like 
slamming their fingers into it. I just love that <laughs> noise. God, you like that noise. I love it. Oh, I love it. Because they're just there. Because I always I spent so long, like one of the things I kept saying in this last year, which could bring me down a whole other tangent. So I will attempt not to do that. But that I I like last year, um, my entire personality became golf. And it kind of became like a joke for a while. Um, wow. I yes, love golf. Uh, You're playing golf? It's, well, I was playing golf. It's a, it's a bigger, longer story. Um, but I accidentally became like a golfer and um and but i was not but i'm not good at it and but because nobody's good at golf i i mean but i'm not great at it and so i was trying to be but what i wanted to do was be better at being like being good at not being great at something like that is what i really wanted to be better at and i and i remember being like i want my kids to be able to just play messy keys on a piano and not have to be like no this sounds good and this sounds bad because when you're creating art like i i would just be paralyzed by like a white piece of paper and if i started something that i had decided like wasn't the way it was supposed to turn out i'd be like well then what's the point and i just like i want to create an an environment in which like you know there is no like one sound of and they'll find it like i wish i'd had that to just be able to like play a bunch of keys and and wonder like how does this sound what is this and be curious as opposed to um so constricted i love what you just said and what i interpret that as is for me it's always I'm playing softball tonight. I've got to be great. I've got to hit a home run. I've got to be the star. I'm going to play anything. We played cornhole the other night. I got to freaking show everybody I'm a cornhole master. Uh, I'm going to write a great script. I'm going to, you're putting so much pressure on yourself and you're not enjoying things that you're like, I have to be perfect. And the reality is you, you can't be. So if you could just enjoy things that you're not really great at, but you enjoy doing them, and watching your kids just mess up and learn that it's okay to just be stupid and playful and happy. And I think that's because we put so much pressure on ourselves and the world, we feel like the world puts pressure that we have to, like if we put something out there, oh, it has to sound great. It has to be because we have to compete. We have to show that we're just as good. And what I gather is that you're saying in a lot of ways, you want to just be able to not put as much pressure on yourself and just enjoy things. Yes. And, and not to say that there aren't things that I want to win at and that I that I consider myself to be good at and have a level of expectation of how I should operate within that field or experience. But but also in things that like I'm not a professional golfer, I'm picking it up. I mean, it, it, like I it, it all comes back to I keep getting just so many jokes about how like so often in this last year, I'm like, I went to Scotland last October and had this like life changing trip. But but I did. And I found myself playing like I wasn't playing the old course, but I was in St. Andrews and I had, hadn't golfed in years and I was alone and and just showed up. I, I you know, hired a caddy and he was like, all right, are you ready? And then I, I didn't even have time to warm up and I'm on Jubilee and it's one of the windiest days of the year. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And he was just like, I'll just hit the damn ball. And I was like, OK. And sometimes you just got to hit the damn ball. Yeah, it might not go straight. It just might hit go it. all over, but just hit the hit, hit the damn ball, or just take and a swing. And him and I had a great time. His name is Doctor Tom. He Dr. also happens Dr. to Tom? do sports. Doctor Tom. Did he I have an accent? Accents. Did he have a really? Oh thick yeah. Scottish. He was just like he, he was the best. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta hit the ball. And honestly, I had the best 
freaking day of my life. It was just so fun and it was so beautiful. And if I had decided that this wasn't something that like I was good at or some a place that I wasn't shouldn't be at, you know, or that it's only for like really it's like in you know, it was just so silly to even have thought that. And it was just it was wonderful. So sometimes you just got to get out there and hit the damn ball. You you heard her. Hit the damn ball, folks. Or just take a swing. Even if you don't hit it, you swung. Yeah. Pick up the club. Just pick up the club. Yeah. That's a, it's a game. metaphor. It's a, yeah, it's not, it's, uh, what was I going to say to you? Um, do you still love acting? Do you still want to act? Yeah, I really do. I really, really do. I'd had a period where I wasn't working very much. Um, and just home with the family more. I'd also had a second child during COVID and, um, and I went back to it and, um, I had two different jobs. One was like getting back to it and just, you know, four months after I'd had a baby and, and, um, you know, just to kind of work a little bit. And, and it was, and it felt nice. I, I liked like having that, um, it, that part of my identity, you know, kind of awakened. Um, and then to go back to work and then I worked again a little bit more last year. And, and, and it was just nice to, you know, have things that I was nervous of whether I was going to be good at it, but like, know that I could be good at it and, and do the best that I could. And, and I, I love, I really do love it though. I love being on a set. I love, I love, uh, a scene partner. I love, um, you know, making sense of some like understanding a character and understanding like what makes someone else across from me in the scene like what their triggers are, what their buttons are and trying to push them and, and see if I can get to them. And and I just also love storytelling. Like I love TV. I love TV. TV is my favorite person in the world. I have so many shows that I watch. I also do watch a lot of reality TV. So I like, that is also, I know with the, but that's, I, I think it's very interesting. Like current character development from these reality TV stars is very interesting to watch. You know, it's funny. Well. I I uh I sold a reality series because I'm a big fan of horror movies. Like I love scary stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my friend John Heater, who's who's Napoleon Dynamite, um, we sold a show where we're we're just two guys going to the scariest places on earth to like idiots. So where we go to like the catacombs of Paris and uh, mm-hmm. Transylvania castles and like stuff. And just like, it's just our personalities and we love horror and we love scary. So really think of some, so it's something like I never would do that, but then I'm like, wait a minute, you love scary stuff. You love, yeah. you're going to hang out with your friend. Why can't you just go do that? Why? So, I mean, it's not like I'm doing Milf Island. Did you see that? I did not watch that one. Oh my no. God. So all these milfs. I know, I know. I have a problem with that. Like the name yeah, itself. No, no. Th- that was also a joke. It was a joke name on a different show. It was a Thirty Rock joke. It was a Thirty yes. Rock joke. Yeah. On the look, my friend Nate. I was in Indiana, and uh, I picked him up to go to dinner. And I go, "Hey, man, did you get some sleep last night or something?" And he goes, "Nah." I go, "Okay." He's <laughs> no. not a man of many words. And I go, "What'd you do?" He goes, "Well, I watched okay. a show called Milf Island." <laughs> And I go, MILF Island. He's like, yeah, all the women are MILFs. And then all of a sudden, they bring in all these 21-year-old guys who are their kids. 
So now all yeah. the milfs and the yeah, or the kids are no. I, I mean, it was I had to watch. Yeah. I had to. It was just so I couldn't believe what we and it, you know what's funny? It was on the fucking learning channel, Candace. <laughs> how is that? How are you learning? I mean, I think we should all learn that we don't need that show. Maybe that's. I the, think that's it. Or maybe they're just studying to see who watches that show oh, and what they can learn from that data. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right, look. This is called this is called shit talking. Shit talking with Candace King. I'm going to ask you questions from my top tier patrons. So okay. uh, go to Patreon.com/slash Inside of You and get to ask questions and a bunch of other cool shit. All right, Leanne says, do you believe in the supernatural and have you had any experiences along those lines? I I believe that there's, I don't know if like, like they're, I don't want to piss off the ghosts of my house, but um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely believe that there's something, you know, I definitely feel, I've lived in a lot of old places and I've had a lot of people say that the places I've lived in feel like there's, um, they might say ghosts or spirits or vibes. Um, I keep ha- I have this running joke right now that the ghost of my house that I just moved into, it's almost 100 years old. Whoa. And that they, they like my kids. They're very nice to my kids. So there's nothing like scary going on there. But they're just like really fucking with me and like just trying to like show me who's boss. Really? And- I don't know, like some cabinetry almost fell on my head in the kitchen that I'm trying to renovate. Like every time I turn around, like I had like a like bees in a tree, like there was a smell. But I but I also just got all the air vents cleaned out. And so that took away that. But there's always like little things. And I don't know. I never pay attention enough to like see if they're like, like, did I leave that cabinet and drawer open or was that just there? I don't know. But I'm used to it it at this point. You're thinking about (laughs) it. But sure. I I feel like it is a running joke now that I've never lived anywhere that didn't have like spirits of the history of the house. But I think I'm winning them over. Yeah. I think that they like my renovation ideas and they know that like I'm laughing with them. And I also like I think that they honestly part of it was I was playing a lot of Taylor Swift. And now that I'm like post era's tour. They've had it. And it's I've like slowed it down my T-Swift in the house. And I feel like they've calmed down a little bit. I think that they were just like, you got to switch it up. Got to switch it up. Raj, tell me about a recent time you someone helped you out. Oh, my. Right through the divorce, right? You were talking about that. Well, yeah, but like also just, uh, you know, um, just uh, even just like moving into this house. I mean, it's I haven't like the amount of people who have just um supported me like my friend who also was my realtor like she's helped introduce it's just been this wonderful um sense of community uh that i've found here in nashville and i've been so grateful and so um to feel just like you know people checking in and people just um being like hey how's the move going can it like when you move no matter what you have like so many people help out and also you know i you know co-parent um, but also when my kids are with me, they're with me. And so to have friends that are willing to come by and, and, you know, like one of my friends, she was visiting in town. We've known each other since we were 16. And I was like, I, you know, it's a school night. I can't go out and, but I can make you dinner here. And so she comes here and is playing with my kids and we're catching up and ha- she's having dinner while like, you know, one's doing gymnastics and another one's like, throwing dinner on the floor on the floor and and she's just it's like that kind of love and support is really beautiful yeah. at this point in life i'd uh i grew up in uh newburgh indiana which is about 
two hours from Nashville. And I played hockey in Nashville. I love Nashville. I mean, Nashville is pretty banging city. Yeah, Do you think I, I like it. Nashville? I've thought about it. That's one of those places that, that I've considered, like, if I moved, I'd go to Nashville. Would I like it? I don't know. I don't know what you like. Oh, good. Michelle L., <laughs> who inspires you? Who inspires me? What's the first thing that came to your mind just now when I said that? Um, my kids and Lucille Ball. You love Lucille Ball. My mom I loves love, Lucille Ball. I love Lucille Ball. I was just like, I love Lucille Ball. And also just reading, rereading that book. Um, like that, or just reading the Evelyn Hugo book, I was thinking a lot of just, uh, you know, her career and just how much she, like the fact that Lucille Ball like created her whole, like she created how we watch television, the three camera structure. I mean, her and Desi Arnaz, yeah. but like, but the fact that them together and that even after they like they divorced and they separated, like he still came back to do all of the shows like Vivian Vance worked with her on her later show. Like it's just really incredible what they did. And she also succeeded later in life. I mean, she was, was you know, like mid to late 30s, I think, when I Love Lucy started. Um, wow. It's it's just incredible. Um, I'm just so in awe of. Lucy and Lucy and Desi, um, Desilu Productions, and is that the whole story? Um, but also, I just I love watching. I love Lucy, and like the mink coat episode cracks me up too because she's kind of like she's actually not the funny one. Like everyone, like she's kind of more the like everyone else is messing with her, and, and where she's usually the one messing with everyone else. But Jessica B, <laughs> when was the last time you surprised yourself? Last time I surprised myself. I think I saw something Ooh, behind I, you too. I think I th saw something like, I don't know if my eyes were playing tricks on me, but when you were saying all that supernatural stuff, I thought I saw something, but it, I, maybe it's nothing. It was outside. Maybe. Oh, it's a flag. I, there's like a oh, flag. Kind of creeped me yeah. out. I was like, oh my God. I yeah. hope, did I just see yeah. that after she, well, or we captured something here. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, The last time I surprised myself uh, was, I think in parent, in mothering, I surprised myself. A lot like I find myself in situations where I'm just like oh gosh this is this is a moment and not like and I just need to take a deep breath and like walk through this you know talk through this moment very slowly and um but I surprise myself as a as a mother a lot I don't know that's what popped into my I mind. like that that's sweet um eternal flame and okay. and also voices carry voices carry is one of my favorite songs you know that song uh not you candace uh ryan do you know that eternal flame huh, no do you know uh voices carry hush hush keep it down now voices carry no shut up <laughs> i love when she says shut up you know what i'm talking about candace Yes. So Voices Carry, I recorded when I was 17. Oh, um, and it was actually, it was not my doing. I was not that cool. It was my producer, Stacy Jones, who had mentioned it. Um, Stacy's awesome. Stacy's who got me the, no, 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 no. What are you doing on your phone? I, I wasn't I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't gonna look up your song. I was just playing the original because Oh you, playing you, the original. Okay. Yeah, because you you don't want to hear that. Look. <laughs> anyway, that's it. You know what? 
I still don't know. It's a great, it's a great song. I did not, I wish I was that cool when I was 17 years old. Um, but that's my only attachment to it is like the, that recording it then. Um, and then Eternal Flame, I performed on the show. And, uh, and that was also not my, were you nervous in front of the crew and cast? Yes. And also that was not, I just remember getting a text one night. So I was like, I was out at dinner and I remember, I think it was like Julie and Kevin text me and we're just like, Hey, remember how you said you were a singer? Like, are you good? Or like, can you, can you sing for real? Or was that just like, like, I don't, they were just like, can you sing? And I was like, yeah, I think I can. Um, and then they put it in the show and and I just was like, oh, gosh. And I remember even just like going. But what's what, what is fun is I did get to go. I ended up back at the studio where um, I recorded my record when I was 17. So it was like very kismet that like one of their kind of producing partners who also like co-rented the studio with them, who I'd known back when I was a teenager, too. Like he was the one doing the session. And so I literally um, and went back to that studio where I used to record when I was 17 years old and and recorded that part, which was very fun. Um, but I also like never thought I would do it again. They were like, well, it's it's weird to have like supernatural beings. And then one of them just randomly sings. So we probably won't do that again. And I was like, Whew, OK, good. And then a couple of years later, it was like every other episode. I was like, what are we doing here, guys? This is my nightmare. I do not enjoy this. (laughs) I don't like this. (laughs) Like, are we? please stop. Um, And then eventually it ended. Hey, you know, I I think you have a great voice. I think you should. Well, thank you. I think you should keep singing. In fact, we're working on our next album. And if I have something in there, would you would you record something, even if it's like a backup or something? I will support you finding a wonderful artist out there. You don't want to who... sing? You wouldn't want to <laughs> sing on it at all, just a little? Hey, I'm just not there yet. And I don't know when I'll be there. My kids hear me sing all the time. What if you listen to a song and you're like, you know, I really like that song and I could do this. This is easy. If you just want this, like, you know, then you can say, let's not say no just yet. <laughs> let's okay. keep it up in the air. Perfect. What's your favorite James Taylor song? I mean, Sweet Baby James just came into my mind, but I know that's probably that's not my no, that's favorite a good song. of all time. Well, this has been awesome. I'm glad I'm doing yours too. I know. Super Bloom. Super Bloom, a Super Bloom podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, it's been fun. I honestly, I do love it so much because it gives me a reason to reach out to people that I'm like a super fan of that I would never normally talk to, and you know. Um, I like even sitting down uh, like with I got to like hang out with Emily Henry, who I love her as an author and, you know, which I would never normally do. And then also I there like there's this really cool woman who she's a glaciologist. And so to be able to talk with her about how she's like traveling the world and just chasing history as it melts away to have a better understanding of, you know, where where we all came from before it's gone forever. It's like, I love talking about that kind of stuff. It's my favorite thing. So there's all kinds of conversations. Um, but it, you know, uh, and that's, it's really my excuse. It, listen, if you listen to super bloom, you're getting just like a snapshot of my mind in all in, in my browser history of all the little like spirals I go down. I'm nervous. What are you going to ask me? 
Ooh, so much. Now I'm ready. I'm glad you got to go first. This was all part of the oh, plan. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I have a feeling where this is going to go. <laughs> I guess my mind takes me somewhere. Well, I love talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you forever. You're just awesome. You're just so easy to talk to. You, I, I love Good. like you're such a, I could tell what an amazing mom you are, an amazing friend, Aww. and you're super talented. Thanks. And I'm just happy and proud of you. And um, you're going to stay in Nashville. You just bought this 100-year-old haunted house. So you're probably not going to move yeah. to Los Angeles anytime soon. Nope, I'm here. I gotta, I gotta hang out with my ghosts. I can't leave them. You know, they need my company. They have names. No, no. Let's name them. Yet. Let's name them. I, I know. Well, no, I, I don't want to anger them. I'm not trying to. They need to tell me their names. But I know that I feel like there's two. Uh, this has been <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'll see you in a week or so. Right? Don't do too much deep thinking on this one. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start typing on my computer um, right screw now, it, guys. You gotta go listen to it. <laughs> Super Bloom. Candace King, uh, thanks for being here. Uh, I appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you. Beautiful inside and out. So pleasant. And I was like, man, I would have totally married her. You know, she's th th that kind of presence where I just felt like she's got a good soul. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's just, you know, and she was very open and like, forthcoming and uh I, I always dig that so candace you're uh you're top notch with me thank you for being on the podcast i really do appreciate it um now we've had two vampire diary um cast members now we just need the um summer holder yeah we've been talking the summer hold institute because we've been talking about him a lot on the yeah. other podcast i wonder if he'd do it he might be big time too big time i'm gonna start i'm gonna start tweeting him go you're too big time i bet he'd come you do yeah i don't know I, I think we feeling. have the same lawyer, so I'm going to talk to my lawyer. There you go. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you didn't listen to the beginning, go listen to that because it's got a lot of stuff. I have a bio uh, on my Instagram. Uh, you go to the bio. It has a link tree. It says all the cons we're doing. It says we're going to you know all, Rhode Island and Cameo and the merch store. Check it out. All right. Let's read the top tier patrons. Here they are. Top tiers. Patreon.com slash inside of you. Couldn't do this without you. I love you. And uh, Ryan, you don't have them, do you? You can't read with me. I mean, I could pull them up on my phone, but we can also play the guessing game again. Leah and. <laughs> Leah and. Oh, it's not. Greg Craig. No, remember? Dan. It, was, it used to be Leah S. and Kristen K. Right. So now it's Leah and Kristen. Oh. They're best friends and they're one. Well, that's neat. That's neat, which means one of them canceled their subscription that's okay and they join together times are hard no I, I think it's a cool thing i think it's awesome little lisa you Keek. jill e brian h nico p robert d, uh, d w w b correct robert <sighs> b i'll give you three chances to hit it while i'm staring at you if you're wrong oh, god jason w sophie m raj c joshua d jennifer n stacy l jamal f janelle B. Mike. E. L. Don Supremo. 99. More. Santiago. M. Chad. D. B. Chad. R. L. Y. W. W. Correct. I thought Le I already said that. Leanne. P. Maddie. S. Belinda. N. Dave. H. Dave Hall. <laughs> I love my Dave Hall. He's very, you know, very subtle. Subtle, he's got a cat. <laughs> Sheila. G. Brad. 
D. Ray. H. Tabitha. T. Tom. N. Talia. M. Betsy. D. Rhiannon. C. Corey. L. M. Corey. N. What goes with Corey? Corey. K. Correct. Dev. Nexon. Michelle. D. Nothing Canadian. A. Yep. Correct. Jeremy. C. Brandy. C. What comes after Jeremy? C. Brandy. D. D. Correct. Joni. R. Comes before Brandy. Jeremy C. B. Joni B. (laughs) Then there's Joey. Oh, no. It's getting rough. L. Just think Joey. C. Joey McIntyre from Backstreet Boys. Or is that in sync? Or is that 85 degrees? Or what are we talking about here? <laughs> no, wait, isn't the McIntyre? Isn't that a new kid on the block? New kid on the block. Yeah. Joey M. Yeah. Eugene N. Leah. Correct. Corey. Angela. F. Fuck. Mel. C. S. Christine. C. <laughs> this is getting bad. S, Eric H, Shane R, Andrew M, Amanda R, Jen B, Kevin E, Stephanie K, Jorel, Jammin, J, Leanne, P, no, and, <laughs> and, I don't no, Jammin J and Leanne J. There's a Leanne P, but it's Jammin J, Leanne J. Oh, okay. Luna R, Mike F, met all these guys. Stone H, just hung out with him. Kayla, Stay Wild, Moonchild, Brian L, Kendall L, Kara C, Jessica B, Kyle F. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Marisol P, Kaylee J, Brian A, Ashley F, Marion Louise L, Rumya B, Frank B, Jen T, Nikki L, April R, Derek N, JD Ward, Oral P, Ginger Insomniac, Rachel D, Lorelai L, Melissa H, Nicholas W, Stephanie and Evan. And that's it. And those are the top tier patrons. We love you very much. And uh, you mean a lot to me. And if, uh, you know, thank you. And that's about it for today's podcast. So uh, from Michael Rosenbaum here in the Hollywood Hills of California. I'm Ryan Hayes. I'm here too. (laughs) Are you? Am I? Peace sign and a wave to the camera. We love you. And uh, be good to yourself. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.